or anybody else, which is a great opportunity considering Ruth Decker Hall is not the biggest place in Tampa. So, right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's welcome back to the show the very patient Brad Meltzer. How are you, Brad? Hey, brother. How you doing? I'm so sorry that we've had to reschedule. We uh, we have our friend Bert Kreischer, who is a famous comedian, but also... I love Bert. I know Bert from here. Yeah, he is, he is also one of our oldest and best friends, and he was in town... Uh, for a series of shows, and uh, it, we just get long-winded. So I appreciate your patience. Listen, when a man takes off his shirt that many times, you got to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> you can't not. In fact, last night I went to the show, and he was on stage, shirtless, of course, and his belly has become like a puppy with worms. It's all distended and just hanging over, yet hard at the same time. <laughs> it's It's getting difficult to look at. Uh, this is going to, by the way, be the greatest transition to children's books you've ever done. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> I can't wait to see. I am Bert Kreischer. <laughs> um, uh, Brad Meltzer has a series of I Am books that are out uh, now that I was just explaining that my eight-year-old daughter loves. Uh, my eight-year-old daughter is very disappointed in you that she had to do a, a report last night on Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and there is no book for her from uh, Brad Meltzer. The first thing she said to me was, does your friend have a book on her? And I go, I don't know. Let's look. And we did not. Yeah, no, listen, the thing about kids, they come to our book events, and they write me these letters, and it's not like, can you do this? It's demand letters. Yeah. It's like, it, 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 they're like little terrorists. They make demands, <laughs> and they're like, here's my list of demands. Do these books. This so make my book reports easier. Um, and, and I love the ones who are like, I've done my report. Can you check it for me? I'm like, where's your parents? <laughs> uh, I, I was telling these guys, I think I said this off the air. Yeah, I probably did, because you guys would have made fun of me on the air. I said, uh, you know how guys guys need sex after a while? They're like, man, I got to go have sex. I got to do it. I am beyond that now. I'm 50 years old. I'm married for a long time. I have uh, baby fever. I need to be around. I need to see some babies soon. I'm, I I know that I'm not going to have more kids. <laughs> and I lo- every time I look at pictures of little babies, I'm like, I got to get a baby over here. Uh, do you get great pleasure with these kids of, of them coming into your events and loving these books? That's got to be such a wonderful feeling. Well, you know what it is? It, one, it keeps you young. It certainly does for me. And Mike, you know, I wrote these for my kids when they were five, eight years old. Mm. And now my oldest is 20. My youngest is still 13. He's young. But the funny thing is they're such like little critics now. So we did the, <laughs> the books before before Oprah Winfrey were I Am Anne Frank, very serious book that we did. We wanted to deal a book with the Holocaust for little kids. So you can talk to your kids about it. Yep. And Benjamin Franklin, which is, again, one of the great founding fathers, um, and so I give them to my youngest to read, and I'm like, so what do you think? And he's like, he's like, you know, I, I like them both, but Ben Franklin doesn't have the pizzazz of Anne Frank. And I'm like, <laughs> pizzazz? I'm like, first of all, where in 1920 did you just time travel from, right? And I'm like, and, and second, the pizzazz is the Holocaust. So... I am kept young by the insanity that's in my house right now, but I definitely I thrive on it because it keeps me, you know, it, it makes you feel alive and you feel like you're doing something good. And, and especially with these books, you know, my daughter has been struggling with Instagram and, and figuring out who she is and, you know, and judging herself by it. And and I was like, I got to fight back against that. So we, I use these books as a way to fight back against the things I think are wrong in the world today. Let me ask you this as a historian and uh, not just a children's author, but because uh, I was going to ask you, are you if you were worried about this, but then I'd really like to get your opinion on how do you feel about the, you know us as a society taking down 
statues of people, uh, you know, famous historic people like I think Thomas Jefferson was the latest one, Christopher Columbus. I mean, obviously, there's some reasons why we need to look at things differently than we have in the past. But uh, how do you feel about them taking statues down and almost rewriting history? Yeah, listen, I'm I, I law school. I teach you it's a slippery slope, right? I mean, yeah. you start out and you're like, okay, wait, here's a really racist guy who's, you know, we're celebrating this guy who really wanted to keep slavery going. And that makes me go, and, and I don't think you tear it down and throw it away. You put it in a museum, you explain it in context. I don't like tearing it down and chucking it because then you're just trying to like make it like it didn't exist. So I think you can have context. I do think when you go after Thomas Jefferson, I'm like, it's Thomas Jefferson, right? Yeah. Every book, every single book that I've written in the Ordinary People Change the World series, I've gotten hate mail on saying, how could you do that person? They're an awful person. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, how could you do Abraham Lincoln, uh, right? Oprah Winfrey now, people are like, why are you doing Oprah Winfrey? And the thing is, if, you, if you're mad that I did Oprah Winfrey, then, and you judge the people who judge me for Abraham Lincoln, you better start judging yourself. Like, if you're looking for perfection, if you're looking for someone who did everything the way you like to do it and never had a mistake in their life, then you're not going to have any books because no one's perfect. We all have things that we did that we did wrong. Now, obviously, there's fine, bright lines. We're not doing I am Adolf Hitler, right? right like we're not right. doing certain people. Right. But for the rest of us, we're you know, for most people, we're all horrible and amazing. We're brave and we're cowards. We're wonderful and we're terrible. And all in the same day, sometimes all in the same few minutes. And that's just what makes us human. So that's where I kind of net out. I, I try to feel like, you know, show the grace um, that you want everyone to show you, show it to other people, and the world becomes a better place. And I think that's what these books do, is they try and show you the human side of all these people. It's interesting that you're what you're saying is, to me, the most logical thing and why people have such a hard time embracing logic. That is, the you're, you're saying the exact truth. Both sides, here it is. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're worse than they were before, and you just have to make the right decisions. Who does not like Oprah? I remember uh, before Donald Trump ever ran for office, Galvin uh, said, you know, Oprah Oprah would win if she ran. And I was like, there's no way Oprah would win. Now, having been through the last, uh, you know, six or so years, without a doubt, Oprah would have won if she ran for president, for sure. For sure. Oh, I think, yeah, listen, she has to pop up. But you know what? Oprah doesn't need to run. Her life's awesome. Yeah. Right? Like, but, but the reason, but to answer your question, you know, there are people, there is, and again, it's, it's so fast because you'll watch like, People who are really conservative scream about statues being pulled down. They'll be the first ones to say, like, to hate Oprah because she elected, helped elect Barack Obama. And I'm <laughs> like, listen, you can't have it both ways. You yeah. know, like, pick, pick a side, pick a lane. And, and for me, Oprah, I don't care about her fame. I don't care about her money. That's not what this as a kid's book is about. I wanted a book. My kids right now, I look at what they always need when I do these books. My kids are anxious right now. Right? We're in an age of anxiety. They're judging themselves on social media. We all judge ourselves on social media. And I knew we had to do our first book on self-love and self-acceptance. And I wanted my daughter and my sons to have a, a book about a female business person. Like, yeah. I'm a, and Oprah fit that bill. And the story that I love most about her is when I found the story when Oprah was a little girl. She hated her face, her nose so much. She thought it was too wide that she used to sleep at night with a clothespin on her nose. And I need my daughter to see that, right? Like that even Oprah judged her looks. And, and when she gets older, it's even worse. She, they tell her her body's the wrong type. She's too overweight. And they tell her she cares too much. Mike, they, they, I found a story that when she starts as a reporter, she covers a family who loses their house in a fire. 
And the next day she goes by and she brings them blankets. And the station manager screams at her and says, you can't be part of the story. And she's like, mm-hmm. part of the story? What about being a good human being? Yeah. And I want my daughter to know and I want my sons to know that Oprah, her whole life is told she's the wrong size. She cares too much. There's no such thing. The only thing you ever have to be is you. And that's the very best gift you can give yourself. And as a kid's book, that's what I Am Oprah Winfrey stands for, for your kids. And and Oprah, as we all know her as a celebrity and a talk show host or whatever, uh, she, in her in her years of retirement from being on TV, has gone on to do so many things for so many. I mean, you look at how many other millionaires Oprah has made between Dr. Phil and Rachel Ray and uh, all these people that, and her intention was to, make things like unlike uh where you'd see the old donahue and then then of course rolling into the jerry springer type oprah was oprah stopped in the middle and was like we need to do less of that and more of how could we make things better and uh that's a bold move because those those jerry springer fights at the time were what people really wanted to see and she oh 100 yeah she captured the good side of of america and, and people were like yeah we could make ourselves better people well, what, 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 you know, everyone always focuses on, oh, she interviewed Prince Harry and Meghan and the famous interviews she had. Those were the once a month, once every couple months thing. What she did on a daily basis is she bring regular people onto her show and talk about their depression, their anxiety. Um, they had a miscarriage. They had whatever was going on in their lives. OK, they lost a loved one and millions of people would watch and go. That happened to me. That happened to me. That happened to me. And suddenly, the best thing you can do with television is you give people hope and you make them realize they're not alone. And, and, and in terms of what she does for others, you know what she does with her millions of dollars? She's giving it away. What yeah. no one knows is that she's the largest black philanthropist in history. And so many of her gifts, I found this out, are given anonymously. So in this time, people want to put their names on buildings to show how great and wonderful they are. Oprah's giving her money away and taking no credit for it. That is the sign of a good person. Remember when, remember when humility was a great American value? Yeah. We lost that, and we got to bring it back again. And I want to teach that to my kids. And to me, that's why I write a book like this, is to show them, here's what good people do. So uh, a couple of years ago, I worked for uh, CBS Radio here in Tampa. And uh, Eric Logan was my program director or operations manager, and he and I became very good friends, and then he left to go to Chicago to work within the company, or and then he went to Sirius Satellite Radio and, and you know worked there for a while. And then he is the one that orchestrated the big deal to get Oprah to, uh, I think it was XM at the time, and brings Oprah in, and they develop such a great relationship. He leaves XM and go and goes to work for Oprah and is the president of, of Harpo Productions for all these years. And uh, he and I have talked about off the air about what a genuine great person she is, not just to the people that work for her, but he said you would, your mind would be blown if you knew all the things she did that, that she doesn't want and doesn't get credit for. He said she's just an amazing person. Yeah, we um, when we were doing the book, when we did I Am Jane Goodall, Jane Goodall helped us with the book. When we did I Am Billie Jean King, Billie Jean King spent two hours on the phone with me doing, making sure we had every detail right down to the color of her shoes in each match. Mm. When we did I Am Oprah, we're like, are we going to get any help? She's just not almost like too big and too famous. And you better believe Harper Productions came in. They were so nice. You know, comments came back about her childhood that I don't know who else would possibly know them. And she even gave us pictures from her childhood, from her personal collection to use at the end of the book. You know, we have Chris Eliopoulos, our amazing artist who has this 
art style that's like Charlie Brown meets Calvin and Hobbes. But yeah. at the end of, and that's what kids love and respond to is that beautiful art. But at the end of the book, we always show the real photos to remind kids, you know, this really happened. This isn't magical and made up. And she gave us photos from her own childhood, from her personal collection. So these people were just so supportive, so wonderful. Didn't ask for a single edit to change anything and say, hey, make me look nicer, better. We even have a part where, you know, when she's little, in our books, we always, we try to really not whitewash it. We, we try to really show, you know, we show George Washington lose elections and Abraham Lincoln lose and Neil Armstrong fail. And we show them being human. You know, Rosa Parks, the little girl getting bullied because no one's life is perfect. And we even show, you know, Oprah was, was abused when she was little. And we're like, how do we deal with that, right? You don't want to obviously show it and freak kids out, but there's ways you can do it subtly and sensitively. And we put a page in there where she's sitting alone by herself. So that the parent reading it, if your kid's four years old, you can edit it. If your kid's 12 years old, which is kind of the range we're in between four and 12, then, then you can have a, a more serious conversation. But we realized that to some kid out there, when they're reading I Am Oprah Winfrey, that page is the most important page of the book. It just says, you know, when I was little, some people didn't take such good care of me. And that's going to be the most important page in that book. And I love the fact that our editor's like, you got to go for it. You got to show people, sure. you know, what, what the world is like and, and, and make them feel like, again, like Oprah did, like you're not alone. And also so many of those, so many of these kids that are go through that think that that's the end, that's, that's the end of what their dreams were. Their dreams are killed when they have an incident like that. And then to be able to see that somebody rose above it and became as successful as she did. That's, that's great to be able to illustrate yeah. that to young kids. Uh, listen, that, uh, your daughter, you are arming her, and I know you've talked to me before and even off the air about how your daughter responds to these books, and it's just obviously so meaningful to me. But I always think, you know, the best parents realize that our kids are so much stronger than we think they are, yeah. and you arm them. You arm them with these stories. It's like planting a seed, and this person becomes part of their lives, and that kid becomes part of that famous person's life, right? Even if they're gone or if they're here, they're part of each other, and and you plant this almost like tree that blooms over time. And to watch the kids, you know, I've, I've gotten letters from people that say, you know, I read what you wrote about the Wright brothers crashing and rebuilding, crashing and rebuilding. And that's why they took off. And my son, when he was riding a bicycle for the first time, he crashed and fell. And he looked up and he said, Dad, just like Brad's book, crash and rebuild, crash and rebuild. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, these stories we get back are so humbling and so crazy over time. Um, and, and again, obviously, I just wanted to write books for my kids to give them some lessons to watch other parents use them and build libraries. You know, real heroes is for their nephews, their nieces, for everyone is just crazy to me now that we're on our book 25. Yeah, but by the way, you are so right about those kids being little spoiled dictators. Do you know how many times my daughter said to me, call your friend Brad and tell him to do this? Like she really thinks that that's the way the process is. That I'm going to call you and tell you to get on a project, Brad. What I will do, though, is text me when we're done. I will make a video for her because that's actually fun. That's the fun thing for me to do. And, you know, when we, when, the funny part is, is whenever I do a video, they're always like, that's not him. I'm like, who else is <laughs> Like, suddenly they're like fingerprint experts. <laughs> and what's funny is she saw you on something. I can't remember what it was. But she saw you in a house. Uh, it was like a commercial for something. Like a story you were on time a, or something. Yeah, and she was like, that's, that's your friend. And I was like, oh, yeah, look at that good eye. Um, uh, I, this is a little bit of a personal question, but I'm pretty curious about this. Brad is a series of uh, fiction novels that have been fantastic. They, I, I credit you with bringing me back to reading. Uh, what financially is, is more uh, successful, the kid stuff or the, or the novels? 
So I so interesting. Um, the, the novels obviously just are so much bigger yeah. um, when we go out with them because people just know them and I've read them for twenty five, you know, twenty four years now. But and if I was probably a smart person and just by you know all I care about is cold hard cash, I should just write more thrillers. Yeah. Um, kids books are obviously as much a you know, much smaller audience as you know it's this, but my soul is in these books. Like yeah. I care this, these books are my legacy. So I don't even care. I would never say, don't tell the publisher I said this, but I would do it for free. Like I would never tell them that. Right. But like they, I, I know. And when I write my fiction books and I write everything else, the, the conspiracy books, I'm obviously I worry about what people think, what they're going to say, how they're going to react like anyone else putting anything out in the world. But with these kids books, it's where we're our most fearless. Like we, we saw, you know, how much we had all these kids write us and saying, you know, you did a, a white hero, you did a black hero, you did a Native American hero, you did an Indian hero, you did a Hispanic hero. I'm Asian. Where's the Asian hero? And man, I hear those kids. Sure. I hear those kids, right? And and so we're doing. I am Pei is one of the upcoming heroes. Our Asian hero. Most people are like, who's that? The guy who made the Louvre. He's an architect. I've never heard of him. And I'm like, I don't care if we sell zero copies. I I know to all these kids that are writing me all these letters that I'm getting regularly. This is the most important hero we're going to do is one that looks like them. And I don't care. We're going to do it. And I love the fact that we can have like, we don't, we don't judge the sales. I don't care who buys. I didn't think anyone was going to buy Anne Frank, a kid's book about the Holocaust. Right. It wound up being being one of our best selling books we've ever done. And, and so it just shows me like this other bravery and, and, you know, we're doing, and listen, we have some fun ones. You know, we have Malala coming next. I am Muhammad Ali comes with her. Um, and then we're doing, I am Dolly Parton, which is so fun. How do you not, how do you not do I am Bruce Lee? You know what? We wanted to, Bruce Lee's on our list, too. but I am paid. You know what? The truth was, is my friend of mine, I went to, I always with these, I'm like, I don't know, you know, who's the best in the quote unquote Asian community. And I went to my friend and I said, who should we do? And, and he said, listen, I love Bruce Lee. Don't do Bruce Lee. I said, why? Because every person that meets my kids asks them if they know Kung Fu. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I would never know that. I love Bruce Lee. He loves Bruce Lee. We can do Bruce Lee next. But I was like, I hear you on that, man. I, you have an insight to your life and your experience I don't have. And I Am Pei is so badass. When I read the story, I'm like, people are going to love him. And right now, what's so interesting in, in pre-orders is I Am Pei was outselling Oprah. Oh, really? And it's just so fascinating. And I'm like, wow, here's the book I thought no one would care about. And it's yeah. like, so... And, and I will, by the way, I have to tell you this before I get the new thriller is coming out in March. And you asked me two, three years ago when we were talking about the skate artist, you were like, dude, you got to put me in a book. Yep. <laughs> Let me just say, you are going to be so happy. <laughs> like you're, and I got your mission in there in such a clever, different way that you are not expecting. So trust me, I took care of it. Oh, I love! I absolutely love it. See, when I do something like that, it's a win-win for me because if I get in the book, it's great. And if I don't, then I can just be mad at you and pretend I don't like you anymore and just keep bringing <laughs> right. it up. But the fact that it's I actually make it, bit. yeah. Uh, oh, all right, listen. But it, but it's a way. It's in a way I'm telling you, you're not going to expect, but it's so fun, and it's going to be even better the way we talk about it when we talk about it. It's going to be so fun for you. When, one time, Howard Stern uh, asked, I think it was Christy Todd Whitman when she was running for governor of New Jersey. He said, um, uh, "You know, do you uh, if you if you get elected, will you name a rest stop after me?" Like he didn't. He was wanting some sort of credit, but also the level of. So I don't care if you named a child molester after me. Your book. I'm just happy to be. Uh, well, guess with what? <laughs> yeah. So wait. So 
someone record that moment? Child molester. It's not a child molester, but I'm just going to say you're. It's, it's definitely one that's really funny, and it's okay. so fun. What I named after you is fun. It's Good. A, it's. You're gonna you're gonna have a blast with it. I love it. I, this I, is... I take care of my friends, man. I, <laughs> I I literally was like, you've been so kind to us with these kids' books, with our thrillers, with our conspiracy books. I'm like, this is my buddy. I'm gonna do this right, and I've been sitting on this for three years yes. waiting to tell you and i was like because you know the editors sometimes take you know they'll say hey we don't like this scene and we don't all my friends you know from college they all want to like like make me someone who dies on the toilet getting shot I'm like, <laughs> I don't die in the toilet like they all want to die in the toilet i'm like why is that a good thing but i did you i did you a far better solid than that i love it this is brad Meltzer. is uh i am series with uh kids books is out i i buy them on amazon you can get them anywhere you can go to bradmeltzer.com uh and you got oprah you got uh you got uh, malala you got muhammad ali dolly Parton, i am pay all uh, coming out, you can order them, uh, and I would catch up on on the ones that you missed in the past too. There's some really great stuff in there, and then another thing that uh, adults don't like to admit, because we don't really realize it till we have a kid in grade school. Most of us are stupid, and uh, we don't. We, you know, you ask me to write a report on somebody, I got to go right to Google and find out. Uh, my, so these books are also helping adults. I'm just going to tell you that right now. There's some. There, eighty percent. Well, I'm telling you, we sell so many books to adults. You would yeah. not believe. We're like, this is my little bite of history that I handle, and it has like a good good details in it. So I sell more of like. Lucille Ball, Jim Henson, Walt Disney, adults, and I think we sell to kids. Yeah, it's it's because they're interesting and they are illustrated, so they're easy to flip through and read. Kids will love them, I promise you, and they're all uh, they're all really well done. And uh, Brad, you can see how sincere he is about wanting to uh, you know get his message through to the kids. Uh, and uh, I'm glad you keep doing it. I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the new upcoming books, and, uh, and of course uh, next year. We'll talk to you when the uh, the novel is coming out. When I play a child, yeah, the light. It's called the lightning rod. So, oh, yeah. you know the publishers always like lightning strikes March eighth. They always like some deep voice telling you what to do. But <laughs> the lightning rod's coming. It's a good uh, one. Go to bradmelzer.com, get all the information about his books, his TV stuff that he's done. Uh, great to catch up with you, and again, thank you for your patience. I know we had to reschedule a couple times this week, and I, I'm glad we finally uh, got it tied in. Don't be silly. Love you, brother. Thanks for always looking out for us, and uh, love to everyone there. Thanks, pal. Take it easy. There you go. Brad Meltzer. What a good, genuine dude. And uh, he, I love that he has success with these books because they really are well done. And they, they really show it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to write on the level of a kid. Not like you can write a Captain Underpants book. You just have to be silly. But to write a history book to a, a way that a kid could read it and relate to it and enjoy it and then want to talk about it afterwards, which I find that my kids, uh, my daughter especially, like she's been obsessed with, she was obsessed with the Anne Frank stuff after reading the book. Then now, you know, she's interested in Titanic. They want to talk about this stuff. They want to learn about it at a young age. And he is the spark with these books that gets them to do that. All right. We got- what do you think Brad's worth? <laughs> $10 million. Any other guesses? I would have said 10 to 12. Yeah. I'll go high, 25 million. I'm going to go low, five. Uh, they have them listed here in multiple different ones at $20 million. Because well, yeah. he's, he's had a couple right. New York best, or New York Times bestsellers. His, his novels are all yeah. successful. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Like he said, you're getting a lot more money out of a hardcover fiction novel with 300 pages in it than you are with a 20 uh, page kids' book. 
But uh, that's the other thing. These books are so affordable. Um, but, yeah, he's had a couple of really good ones. So those advances and those uh, yeah. residuals that he probably gets on stuff, what I don't understand is how they haven't made some of them into movies yet. That's the key. It seems like that's where the big payday yeah. would be. But also, also he writes about like factual stuff like the White House and uh you know he's had access to the White House to to the presidential quarters where the president actually sleeps yep. and he's he's done some really good stuff that's based in reality and that's where I think would be an exciting movie to see so well who knows of course it's probably going to be the one where I'm a child molester and this man <laughs> do a movie all right we